pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Well, I see we left off, I think it was in November, to go and play 33 concerts. (laughs) (laughs) And how are you faring? I'm fantastic. You look like you survived it. Are you kidding? All that accomplishment under your belt? Oh, oh my, goodness. my gosh. Makes you it's, feel like super, a superhero. And, you know, we were just talking, how do we do this again? We we're sitting down to podcast, and <laughs> so what do we turn on? Have you? Do you remember any of this stuff? We're still messing with it. Let me turn this up, and that sounds better. Check one. Can you hear me over there? I can hear you great, Steve. I can see you as well because you're two feet from me. Well, it's not like riding a bike, let me tell you. <laughs> Hi, Maggie. We're, hey, Steve. It's so good to be here. Oh, it's fantastic. What a great holiday. What a good time. So fast. Yeah, November. And, you know, we, we, were, we met some of our KBs along the road, and we started off in Austin, Texas, off to Dallas. Then we were in Chicago, up near, up near Chicago, in uh, Peoria, and then down to San Antonio, West Palm, uh, in Virginia, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Anyway, it seems like we could have so done that many shows in a more linear way. <laughs> One would think, but <laughs> such is not the case. We could like I don't know, <laughs> go in geographical order or something. So I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, many of the songs that we played, our orchestra played, were composed by artists that are considered to be musical geniuses, right? Yeah. I mean, these are classics. Yes. And our orchestra played music, well, it was from, gosh, what, Schubert to Tchaikovsky and on and on. But now here's the thing. We played their songs because they're considered to be a masterpiece for the ages, mm-hmm. the music that we chose. Yeah. Each one is a sensational, outstanding example of musical artistry. And so we, we picked those songs to play. And I've thought about this a lot, but in the example of how we how we can make our lives a masterpiece Mm. and not just, you know, we need to replicate it. We need to put out there the masterpiece uh, examples of artistry of other people. But how do we do that with our own lives? Make our life a masterpiece. I love that. I mean, how can each one of us focus ourselves in a manner that illustrates a sensational, outstanding example of our higher selves? Mm. I'm waiting. (laughs) You you tell me, man. <laughs> Let me wait. <laughs> I want to wait. How, I'm asking, how do we do that, Maggie? Because I think it, to me, that's why I, that that causes me to want to jump out of bed in the morning and go, you know, there's got to be a better version of me. That's <laughs> There has to be, because as great as yesterday was, and, and as much as I, I thought I was outputting yesterday, I want to do more today. I love that. You know. How can I rise at it? Because otherwise, what what are we pursuing? Yeah, why my, bother? I love that. You know, my yeah, my, my guru <laughs> said step one: wake up and go. Dear God, is this it? <laughs> I got I I got to do better. Yeah, well, <laughs> because there's because without wanting to do better and an ambition to do better, yeah. then there's not really a pursuit. Is this there? This is true. This is true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've always I've always believed that we're only as good as our last performance, whatever that performance is. And so to to strive to do better yeah. is to compete with yourself and to find motivation in that to go out here and be a better version of yourself. And that is allowing or or putting yourself in a place to be a masterpiece. Well, that's I love how you said that because it really gives 
us the idea that instead of being so critical of self, reframe that and maybe go at it a different angle. And we can look at ourselves and open ourselves up to uh, pursuing excellence. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing, and yet the outcome is very different. Always, there's always an opportunity to do something, to have a better conversation, yeah. to communicate better, yeah. to to interact with someone better. I have to, and I have to add to this. I have to say that you are your pattern of this is very healthy and it's very good. The way that you do this, because I've I've seen you do it so many times. As soon as something is is completed and it's accomplished and it's sort of you know in the can, it's done. Um, you're you're very quick to go through all the good things, you know. Pat yourself on the back, celebrate, have that moment of, yes, this was achieved. This was awesome. Um, but then once that's done, you move into that uh, sort of headspace of how can we make this better? But it's always preceded by, you know, taking a moment to, to celebrate the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because all what we're talking about, I think it's easy to say. Uh, sure, why not? Sounds great, Steve and Meg. Yeah, let's Good just job. let's Good go. Idea. Let's do a better job uh, of this next time. But how <laughs> how funny. do we make our life a masterpiece, a work of art, something that truly can to behold in a positive light of our higher self? Because the crafting is done within, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's it's things. It's first things first and last, not just first. Because look, we are the work of art. And we're also the artist in the sense that we get to decide what what colors to use. I mean, we don't create the colors, but we get to choose as an artist the colors that we're going to use in our work of art. We are the masterpiece and the master in that sense, whose job it is to align with the master creator's first intentions for ourselves, for us to unleash the masterpiece we were put in this world to represent. Mm. Most people are experiencing a life by not experiencing the first intention of their creation. And we we were just talking about that at great length while sitting here waiting for some of this equipment to charge up and and figuring out how to do this again. (laughs) We must have talked about this for an hour or more. But it goes back, doesn't it, to the wonderment of exploration that inhabits a child's imaginations being the first intentions for the masterpiece that we all have within and the ensuing and endeavoring into the unknown, let's just say it like that, charted by these intrinsic interests is the original intention of the human experience by the Creator, by God's bias for each one of us. So how do we know this? I mean, we find evidence of our bias in the exploration of, of particle physics. We can We can look scientifically at this and understand that. This is this is the perp, this is how this works and the universe responds to our intentions good or bad we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that are good or bad based on our intentions right yes and so we can take two observers and have them consider a one point in space and we now know that a subatomic particle will respond at great distance. It will react differently in relation to the one that's doing the observing. So what this shows us is that it's the bias of expectation that governs the entirety of the universe. And it's the intrigue of all of these unlimited possibilities that excites human consciousness. So when the intrigue is removed, 
due to habitual patterns of observation, what happens is a person just begins to decay. They lose interest. They become bored. They need medication. They are depressed. Anxiety takes over. Life, which is expansion or growth, is halted. And this is not to say that we shouldn't have any habits in our lives, like we were just talking about. Not at all. The habit of good nutrition supports the advancement of life. It's a good habit. Habitual patterns that promote the advancement of exploration should be fixed into our routines, our daily routines of life. We're talking about we need to go to the gym. You want to go before the podcast. I want to go after the podcast. Regardless, we need to go to the gym. A good habit, a habit that supports the physical bodies we have, but not as a replacement for the the habit of exploration. Mm. It's to uphold that. You can't explore if you are physically not able. Well, we had a kind of a funny conversation about this recently. Just uh, we we were toying with the idea that we're all, you know, doing life wrong <laughs> in the sense that what if, you know, just what if human beings are meant to be 100% nomadic and all houses mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. not accurate. Right. Like right. what if, I mean, what if yeah. that was the case? And, mm-hmm. and I thought that was sort of a funny thing to overlay with mindset. Like you're talking about now it's, it's, well, we, we do know that it's, it's in total agreement with our humanity to explore, explore, like you're saying, new things. You have to have these new experiences or you immediately decay. Your mind decays, your ideas decay. Everything just starts to go downhill immediately. Well, it is a given that our souls have tenets of a nomadic spiritual presence in that we are to enjoy new observations and new thoughts and fresh wind and fresh fire. Yeah. That's nomadic. In the, exactly. in the spiritual sense. Yes. Well, I think that's probably the more accurate statement. You know, we were, that conversation we were having was sort of tongue in cheek, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. what if, what if hilariously we're all doing it wrong? But, uh, you know, mentally though, mentally, we are absolutely supposed to be nomadic. Having, because you know that, that sensation when you hear a song, you hear a song that you've just heard one too many times and it hurts. It hurts mm-hmm. the inside of right. your brain to listen to it again. And so we're obviously meant for, exploration we're meant for new ideas and and fresh thinking and you know as you were just describing this what was washing over me is how all of this is self-actuated you know it's self-activated however when it's paired with kinetic belief only that spark that initial spark that we put into a thing is required and then kinetic belief moves it down the road because without kinetic belief not only do you have to initiate the new exploration but now it's a lot of work and and you have to sort of you know uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go after it every day in this labor intensive way well that is the conundrum of trying to understand kinetic belief from right out of the gate because in a strong sense of the word or the practice of kinetic belief is you are stayed in a posture of expectation you're not going anywhere because you are fixated and uh, immutable where that belief is concerned. So you're rock solid. Yeah. But however, the world is going by, choices are going by, distractions and left turns and right turns, you are steadfast and not chasing after <laughs> the, the latest, greatest butterfly. Yeah. And, and so we're learning how to live in the present moment. And w- what that is, is learning how to enjoy the physical senses in this pageantry of new patterns as they come by. Mm. Yeah. And so 
the, the meditative approach is to first recognize the higher self and then the five senses, which are there just to serve the higher self. Breath, shape, sound, sights, textures, all of like the, the texture of the new pants you bought yesterday, textures, vibrant. <laughs> I'm enjoying in the present tense, however, we're, <laughs> we're going, oh my you're, you're gosh. going to, you're going to put on those pants and go for a run on the beach. Jeez Louise. <laughs> And I'm culminating oh, my point. Yeah. We're going to bring it home yeah. now. Yeah. With, it's just like your pants, Megan. <laughs> it's just like your britches. <laughs> but it's the, it's the person who doesn't understand how to dwell in a manner that actuates their higher self that lives as though they're just not living. Mm. A person is lifeless when they're not operating on the, well, on the assignments of their higher self. Mm. Higher self comes into the natural with a a playbook of assignments assignments that are unique to you unique to me unique to everyone listening however when a person learns to practice present moment awareness of the masterpiece of those assignments that are within while on task they begin to savor each moment which is the expansion of your awareness in this magnificent journey and so the universe just reflects back to each one of us differently the greater portion, positive manifestations, when a person makes the mindful decision to change whatever it is that they do. Well, I love that, that, that the universe is reflecting back to us, um, but, it, but a greater portion. So how, how beautiful is that? Well, it, it can be beautiful if your thoughts are and what you're, what you're putting out there is beautiful. Yes, right? But the point is, um, yeah. you know, what's being reflected back is an amplified version of what you're putting out there. I think that's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've heard quite a few um, people recently saying things like, um, oh, what was it? Some, something to the effect of, are you, maybe it was on Instagram or something, but they would ask questions like, are you, are you into, are you into manifesting? Things like, you know, the same question, right. but asked different right. ways. And, and, what you just said is such a perfect response to that. Everybody's into manifesting, whether they like it or not. You know, the, the universe, the principles of the universe are immutable for all people, for all of us having this experience. And again, that, that idea of the universe ref- reflecting an amplified version back to you of the words that you're saying, the thoughts mm-hmm. that you're putting out there. Yep. That's, that's a really <clears throat> nice visual. Yeah, the words you're, you're, you're saying, the thoughts you're putting out there, the actions that you're committing based on what you're believing to be true, because it's the doing that brings into the natural realm, the expectations of the subjective realm. Uh, we were, in, in traveling, I think, maybe it was a week ago, we uh, took an Uber to go out to dinner one night, and the Uber driver was Something else, wasn't he? I mean, oh, usually, usually whenever somebody picks us up, they are um, the the greatest fan of the city that we're in, and they want you to know all about it That's from true. their perspective, and, yeah. they, and and rightly so, they're proud of where they're from. Well, this guy, I remember the first thing you said was, gosh, you know, the trees in the city are gorgeous. There's so many different types, and they're so plentiful, and they're beautiful trees. Yeah. And he said, don't let the trees fool you. <laughs> don't let all these trees fool you the people here are immature they're brats they're disgusting oh, they're used, awful they're the terrible word festering they're festering and he goes on and all of these these festering <laughs> that is a strong word so don't let the trees fool you 
<laughs> and and I think to, to your point, he's projecting himself into. You think? And and because of that, yeah. I am I'm a hundred percent certain the people that are coming into his life are festering. Well, yeah, just like he is. Right, because you know, isn't that it? Your your experience is that reflection, that reflection of what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you, Don't let the trees fool you. Right. That would be oh, a great man. opening to a book, wouldn't it? First Ooh. line. Don't let the trees fool you. Dun, dun, dun. Under the canopy lies. Or the, the last line of a chapter or the end of the book. I don't know. But Have you ever been in a conversation or you were doing something where time seemed to just stand still? Yes. You know, you can even make time feel like it doesn't really exist. If, if you know what's happening when this happens, there is no time awareness outside of obligatory living. Mm. None at all. There's a yeah. fundamental wonder and natural amazement that comes within the miracle of fresh observations. And that's why this is so vital. And it's so good for the soul to experience yourself in this manner. Because there is... Well, you were ta- we were talking yesterday, and you mentioned... Um, we were talking about people that live uh, adjacent to a body of water versus those that don't. Oh yeah, so I read this study d- done about um, you know people who just see water on a regular basis, and it could be anything. It could be a fountain, um, a creek, a river, the ocean. But their dopamine levels were much, much, much higher than people who rarely see water. It, it good physiologically it's good for you it's good for the spirit the soul there's a fundamental wonder this this natural amazement these are fresh observations water is energy and it's movement there's movement to that there's mm. change and the vibrancy of that change and energy creates a dopamine effect to the psych- psychological uh, well-being it represents life of, of the observer yeah and so it's the practice of being present in those moments in these moments that um unleashes that and in, in, it's uh, tantalizing to the masterpiece that is within us mm. um, and it's medication there's medication in the meditation in motion that's natural and stillness but stillness is in an excited gratitude look practicing gratitude is not as simple as saying i'm grateful i'm grateful I mean, it's thinking and saying aloud before you have it. I'm so freaking excited that I have the new job. I'm so excited that nobody else can possibly understand why I'm so excited. They don't need to understand it, but I love what I get to do. It's a privilege to have what I have. It's exciting to to be here and to be energized in this presence of enthusiasm. And yes, there's the water. And yes, there's the the unending ability to do and have anything that I want to do or have anything that I want to have and to experience that while I'm in the land of living. Whatever it is that we're meditating to observe, to experience is possible. And it's that mindset in the present tense form, occupying the space you're occupying in the environment you've chosen to be in that creates this, this life of, of, of a masterpiece being expressed. Well, and this is something that we were talking about earlier today as well. The action associated, you know, you said gratitude, for example. Um, but gratitude is pretty empty if you aren't meditating on, okay, what would the actions of a grateful person look like? If I was truly, if I'm truly believing and truly receiving this thing into my life, um, let's talk about healing. That's a 
that's an easy one for this topic. Let's say you have a headache. Start with something, you know, obvious. Well, I'm grateful that I'm healed. I'm grateful that my head feels perfect. I'm grateful that my body feels perfect. Now, the next step isn't just to go on about your day as if nothing has changed. I mean, we have to meditate on, well, what would the actions of a person with no headache look like? What are they going to act like? What are they going to say? And then attaching those actions to the gratitude is, is the kicker. I mean, it's really quite empty without that. Well, and you're, what you're doing then is you're working off of a kinetic belief, right? Yes. There's a positive kinetic belief, the belief being that it, there is the possibility of not having the headache. And so you, you're adhering to and you begin to rely on that. And this is you living a life that's now being led by that positive kinetic belief to manifest something that you desire to have. It's funny. Um when I worked at this place many, many years ago, um, so, somebody said to me one time, she said, you know, I can always tell when you don't feel good. And I said, what? Are you serious? Like, come on. You know, I mean, I, I hide that kind of stuff really well. And she said, well, that's my point. She said, you always have dressed the nicest and you've spent the most time on your hair and makeup and you're like working the hardest on those days. And because we had talked before about, mm-hmm. you know, what you're manifesting. Mm-hmm. And, and so obviously yeah, I was, I was sort of yeah, overcompensating. Sure. But the point is, you know, these actions that seem, you have to take them mm-hmm. seriously too. Right. Isn't that a big part of this? Like shifting your mindset from this all seeming a bit silly to this being life or death situation. How you act and the action that you attach to your words. With meaning and with purpose, with an understanding, and again, there's a kinetic belief that you're attaching, that the action's actually part of. And especially if you know what you're doing, if you are aware that, hey, I'm going to uplift my outward persona with an expectation that's going to change the way that I feel. Yes. Because you just know that in your actions, um, you're putting your hands to something that the positive expectation, which is a positive energy your highest expectation, you're now steadfastly attracting that which that thing that has to be good. Mm. So you're completing the, the, um, the, the, the parts of kinetic belief, and there, there are five different parts of it, but you are enacting the, these, these tenets that you are fully expecting to perform in your life positively. And I love how all of this seems so... It, it, it comes across as, and it is so scientific, you know, it's almost like a chemical reaction is taking place on a spiritual level. You know, I've never baked cookies and wondered and like before I opened the oven door thought, gosh, I really hope there's not, you know, a snake in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping the same thing. But you know, I've never like put all the ingredients of cookies (laughs) together and thought, gosh, I hope that doesn't make a snake, man. That's so scary. But, you know, but with kinetic belief, it's the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. because of these are the principles of the universe, it's not wishful thinking. It's not, you know, Scooby-Doo spooky magic. I hope this works. We can rely on it um, it, to the fullest extent. To the fullest extent. And what is the fullest extent? The fullest extent being unending. Continuation. Life is a journey. It doesn't stop unless we stop it. In other words, look, a creative life is never finished. It's only abandoned. Mm. It's left undone by disinterest. 
A creative life is abandoned by the excuses for failure. The creative, abundant life is abandoned by succumbing to the lower self or the expectations of, mm. of, of border bullies, of people that don't want to see you excel. Wow. But the power of kinetic belief working positively in our human consciousness, a mindset that's stirred up with the expectations of abundance, of joy, of happiness, of excitement for new experiences, for new observations. A, a daily intentional kinetic belief attracts days, months, years of opportunities for us to explore, for the abundance of increase, for an abundance of experiences that overwhelm mediocrity. Mm. Well, in everything you just described, it was really washing over me how this process is inherently personal. It's, it's a huge part of our relationship with self. It's making sure you're being true to yourself, that you're being authentic to self. You're not betraying who you know yourself to be. You know, you were talking about, um, how did you say it? I, I want to say it correctly. Um, you said the, oh gosh, I can't repeat it because I can't remember it exactly. You said the creative life is not... Oh, it's never finished. It's only abandoned. Thank you. Thank you. But when you abandon that, mm -hmm. that is a betrayal to yourself. Yes. yes. And we always, and you know, you feel those things keenly in life. When you look back on life, it's, it's as most people have heard, it's not about what you, it's about the things you didn't do. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what you're mm -hmm. mindful of. And so this process of making sure we're living our life by kinetic belief in this creative way, relying on these KB modalities, it's inherently personal. Mm -hmm. And it's really all about um, the the relationship with self in this life and as it, as it carries us on really forever. Well, this is how the abundant life unfolds, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's through the practice of bringing mindfulness into the activities of everyday life. Mm. You know, a tree can't abandon its life source. It doesn't choose to abandon anything, and it just is, and it flourishes. Uh, it, all of its uh, the natural life expectation for that plant. Mm. But humans, unlike any other life form in the universe, have the ability to make a choice to live or die, to be blessed or cursed, to abandon its creative life, or to continue to inhabit it and to, to embrace it. So uh, it's through the practice of bringing mindfulness, like I'm saying, that, you know, for example, if we're out watching a sunset here on the beach... We're not thinking about what's for dinner, or at least we shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, we're watching and enjoying the, the hues that change in the enormous sky above the ocean as the earth is rotating away from the sun. Yes. But most people try to navigate their lives away from the moment. Mm. And they, don't want even, they won't remember having watched that sunset. And so they go round and round and round the safest place they can find while playing blackjack or candy candy on their phones. I saw a great <laughs> candy candy. <laughs> candy something something. Is that right. it? <laughs> but because they're immersing themselves into a style of life that has no hills to climb, yeah. no weight to lift, and nothing new to learn about. Well, and that's that's intrinsic. That's steeped in our mental state, isn't it? You know, this is all mm -hmm. coming from the the posturing that we are putting, the, the pressure of how we're posturing our mindset. I saw a really funny commercial recently. There were these astronauts and they were walking around on the moon and two of them were kind of like working on the ship or whatever. And some guy had his feet propped up and he's kind of leaning back uh, on the rover, right? On the moon. <laughs> 
And the two of the astronauts, they go, wow, look at that. And the sun was coming up, like it showed the earth and all. It was just stunning. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, I've seen it. The guy. They're like, oh, come look at this. He's like, oh. He was like, I've been up here at least 20 times. I've seen it. As if. Right. As if that could even happen. But what you're saying is just as silly. It's just as silly to, to lose that sense of wonderment, to lose grasp of that on life, on the, on the things that are around us. That all goes back to the, the pressure, the expectations that we're putting on our own mindset and on ourselves. Mental laziness. It's silly because it's easy. It's mm. the easier course mm. to disintegrate. Look, the problems on the earth are the holdings of treasure troves. And not to be avoided, not to be turned away from. Oh, it's too difficult. It's too hard. Because they're considered problematic only because they represent uncharted territory. And it's the uncharted territory that contains this the chests of treasure that are there for anyone that should dare to explore. Well, and so much of this, I just love how you're describing this entire, really this exacting of, of how we're walking through our life and walking through our awareness every single day because for example there was a song what was the song i think it was um it was one of the christmas songs in the in the concerts and we were everybody on stage was sort of amazed at how we would look out and just the amount of people crying was really overwhelming mm-hmm. to the performers mm-hmm. and we had some interesting conversations backstage about how important and how good it is just to feel and it doesn't necessarily have to be a certain kind of feeling you don't have to be um till the season comes around again that was it yes till the season comes around again an amy grant a beautiful amy grant song that we performed um but we had these great conversations about how important and and therapeutic and cathartic it is just to simply feel to Mm. let yourself feel and i think so many times we if it's not a happy-go-lucky feeling we are taught or maybe it's habitual whatever the reason but we're taught to avoid that to avoid those to mm-hmm. pull away from mm-hmm. those feelings and just because a feeling is maybe a little uncomfortable it doesn't mean it's bad it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad and so a huge part of this is allowing ourselves allowing ourselves to be and to move and to um have experiences and to learn and grow and and not put so many ex. Uh, restrictive expectations. Well, uncomfortable feelings can be like a salve in that they also um, will lead us back to a genius of purpose that was authentic to our original self and can lead us back to a roadmap that's perfected for us. And, you know, turning away from things that are negative can also have, it can feel unpleasant at the time, but then it also leads yeah. us back again to the um, the fact that all of us came into the natural with a genius of purpose. In other words, each one of us, Maggie, we're here to solve particular problems where we are all here to explore beyond the vistas that we can see. Each one of us are here to enjoy the rewards of that purpose. But, but I think it's like you're saying, most people look at problems and they say, well, it's just too hard for me. It won't work out for me. It's too confusing, so it's not meant to be. It's too hard for me to do that. Most people are enabled by their own opinions. They're not open to all things being possible, to all things having multiple juxtapositions, all of them therefore being worth considering. Well, as you've told us, when someone says that, they are correct. They are correct in that because if you speak that it's 
you have the genius of purpose and the wisdom to go along with it and that, hey, the universe is going to meet me in my place of action here in about 10 seconds, so no problem, then right. that's true. Right. That, that, that's true for everything because words are powerful, they're things. Yeah. The person says, well, I'm sick. Okay, you have what you say. Then, yeah. We both knew a young couple of a uh, few years ago that w- they, they worked together and they worked with us, for us, and he was a videographer and she did the books. And they constantly argued and they bickered over just about everything. They each had an opinion about it. Regardless, they had to have an opinion and and they would argue about their opinions. They would not allow the other one to have an opinion about anything. And so she would say the color of her room was blue. And he would get so mad claiming it was aqua. (laughs) (laughs) And I... But, you know, Leonardo da Vinci said the greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinions. Yes. <laughs> no. But there, there is so much that to on that. I felt that on a but, cosmic level. <laughs> and I would say, guys, guys, let each other have an opinion and enjoy that and appreciate the expansion that it can bring to your conceptual ideas. Well, and look how it rocked everybody's world, the, the, the dress thing that went around. It was a white and gold mm-hmm. dress, or was it black and blue? And everybody saw something completely different. I mean, and we were all sort of, I mean, it felt like the whole world was having a meltdown. <laughs> we saw it differently, and, and, and you were like, no, no, it's not. Well, you, know, you don't see it differently. Didn't you yet. see, what did yeah. you see? You I saw don't. the blue and the black. I, I guess. That's and what mine was. wouldn't stay still. It was like morphing constantly. But the point, the point being is like even the idea that 50% of the world saw this dress as something different. You know, I'm kind of curious as to why it mattered so much. Sure. The idea that others see something differently was imploding in everyone's minds. Right. But this teaches us to allow it, allow diversity, be open to other possibilities and and not close-minded. Well, and to allow it because it is. Because right. people actually do see things different ways. It's not just that they have a different mindset than you. It's, it's like we're all actually having very different experiences. If, the, if you are not open to other opinions, other, ideas, other possibilities, then you are not someone that is capable of solving a problem. Because one of the hallmarks for attracting abundance <laughs> is the belief that favor from the universe, favor from God, happens every time you solve a problem, every time you engage yourself with the task of asking questions that go beyond what you presently <laughs> think about a thing yes. while believing you will find the answer. And when you do this, you articulate a void for attracting a solution. Yes. And there's a good chance that you are the problem everyone's trying to solve. Could it be? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it me? <laughs> oh, it be. Is it me? But as human beings <laughs> vested with the power of kinetic belief, mm. the universe will realign circumstances to reveal the presence of your bias, mm. which, by the way, is the most powerful creative substance in the universe, but only when it's available to the open mind. And, you know, maybe it's just because, maybe, Steve. Yes, Meg. <laughs> maybe it's just because it's been so long since we, since we podcasted. But I'm just finding myself feeling so incredibly excited and it's giving me like a warm fuzzy feeling, you know, just being reminded that we can count on the universe. We can count on how these things work. How they work. Because when you 
when you let your mindset slip a little bit, you know, you, you uh, maybe have some out, outward influencers that are affecting your brainwaves and the way that you're seeing the world, it's easy to forget that these are principles that we can count on. We can stand on them. You know, you throw the thing off the roof, it's definitely going to hit the ground because gravity is there and no one's ever going to qu- question that again. It, and kinetic belief is just as assured. And in this world where everything is liquid and everything is fluxing, it's going left and right, and relationships are beginning and ending and people are changing in the world, you just cannot seem to keep up with anything. It's moving so fast. You know, having this anchor point, this cornerstone of belief that we can rely on, um, well, it just feels good. Well, it's part of the law of kinetic belief is that it works for everybody. It's not a respecter of persons. Yeah. Gravity doesn't work just for good people <laughs> or just for bad, for bad people. people. It just <laughs> right? works. And and favor is the exact same way, which is available to the open mind. Favor means approval. It's not something you have to earn. We are approved of. Look, the universe has the approval for favor to those who are open-minded enough and willing to be problem solvers. Those who are willing to expand their present intention to become more. I'm ready to become more. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're 90 years old. You open yourself up to becoming more. It's an eternal presence of mind that says, I will, I want to forever and ever eternally become more of who I am, more of the expression of self. Because the universe provides support to the imagination of fixers. And if you want to know why one person attracts an abundant life, it's because they are inserting their genius of observation into the unknown, and they're willing to go into the unknown. They're trusting in the instinct of their God-given power and authority and dominion to be a human being operating kinetic belief. Even if it's only unknown by them, they're going into the unknown to see what's there, to be intrigued by the unexplored where they're, they're concerned. And the kinetic belief way to solving what we're calling problems is just to be willing to desire to explore the unknown, to be willing to go over the next hill. That is to solve the problem. And it's to be interested enough to form the questions that need to be asked in order to solve a problem. Then the imagination, it just goes to work, doesn't it? When you begin asking questions regarding how to solve the problem. Wisdom for solving a problem comes to those who ask, who are humble enough to ask, who are grateful enough to ask. And when you say, I don't know what to do, you will have what you say, like you said. (laughs) Okay, you don't know what to do, and you will continue to not know what to do. You won't know what to do because you are saying, I don't know. But when you say, I'm going to fix this, when you say, I'm going to solve this problem, what happens? Wisdom will arrive in on the scene. The universe sends it to you because you've asked for it and it will come in order to back you up for solving the problem. And I do wonder, it's almost as if you could say that when you pose a question, that you're opening up that vacuum that you've talked about in the past. There are different ways to open up vacuums for the universe to fill with with goodness and answers and <laughs> all of the kinetic belief assets that we talk about. And I wonder if that's what we're doing when we ask those questions. Sure, we're humbling ourselves, aren't we? I mean, we, we are opening ourselves up through humility um, enough to ask, mm. to say, I don't know. We say, this box is empty. 
And I, yes. <laughs> this file correct. drawer that there's I a, need. There's a void. There's a vacuum. <laughs> and I want to know. I am intrigued yes. enough to know. Yeah. I have the enthusiasm and the faith of a child to go and explore and to imagine, to, to fill the box with something. And so, look, the abundance of problem solving isn't a solitary endeavor either because a person's best life is always revealed in partnership with the universe, which is stored more than enough for every willing person within the storehouse of all things being possible. So it has nothing to do with what is available to you or not from what can be seen. Mm. It has everything to do with what is the unending, unlimited number of possibilities that if you can fathom it, if you can even ask the question, then the answer and the, the criteria and the manifestation of the, the material is available to you. And it will come wow. through kinetic belief. So by simply being willing to reach for more, willing to ask for more answers, more expansion, we're really opening ourselves up to all the vastness that is beyond self and really free of all these limiting experiences that we've already had. Limitations, yeah. What's happening? Well, revelation knowledge starts to become you. Yeah. Which transforms us. When it's so, I was going to say, it's so human, it's so default. When you have a question, when you need a solution, to sort of spin around and go, okay, what have I done so far? Mm-hmm. What, what experience have I, have I already had that gives me the answer to this? Mm-hmm. And that is extremely limiting. That's a limitation. On our growth, right. on having mm-hmm. living a different life, if that's right. what you're looking for. Well, it goes back to what you know. You know, It goes back to the old mantra, well, you can't t- teach an old dog new tricks. Well, because the old dog is just using the tricks it already knows. Yeah. And revelation is the substance of wisdom. And when the so-called light, let's just call it light, begins to go off regarding answers to questions we have, you know, it just comes. You don't know where it comes from. And, and for me, often it's <laughs> three or four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I awaken and here's this, this whole new uh, possibility that comes into focus. What's happening is you're connecting to solutions that already exist. Everything already exists, Mm. and there's nothing new in the universe. All things already are. And when I attract the wisdom to uh, my bias, the way that I must now go, in a literal sense, that becomes me. It becomes part of my, my spiritual higher consciousness DNA, and it increases the substance of who I am. I become bigger. I'm enlarged. And I may try to suppress that for a while because I don't have the habit of performing the functions of that higher self yet. But you can only suppress it for so long before it just takes over and starts rearranging things because it's not natural. What was is not natural to what now is. When you say that the answer is already out there, um, by out there, do you mean it's housed in higher consciousness, the answer to, to anything that we can ask? It's in the universe. If you can imagine it, it already exists. Imaginations are, 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 are it's actually substances, particle physics, something. There's a substance to everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. And you're not, we cannot think beyond the universe. We can only think within what is contained in this universe. Therefore, it exists, particularly it exists. And so the manifestation of the material of what we can imagine is only a kinetic belief away. 
And that's what revelation knowledge is. So what I now do is I task myself with learning the language of the answer to the problem when the wisdom, when the revelation knowledge comes. I've got this four o'clock in the morning surreal dream and imagination that's come into the presence of my mind that I can now cognitively begin to reason with and to understand. I don't have the language for it yet, but I'm going to meditate on that and continue to ask the right questions while the universe imparts to me this new language that I'm now going to begin speaking. And the language of the answer to the problem that wisdom has brought into my life, I begin to speak differently. I begin to talk differently to servers and, and, and people that I'm meeting in restaurants and in life, and I'm, I'm expressing myself in a higher and a different way. Words are things in the substantial universe. So I'm rebuilding my environment by all of the words that I utter from out of the revelation knowledge that's forming uh, within and through the new me into the world that I'm now occupying. Well, the word language is such a perfect uh, tangible to compare this to because, you know, as we all know, it, when you try to learn a new language, uh, sitting in a classroom uh, studying the conjugations, oh my goodness, first of all, boring. <laughs> oh and then second, it takes forever to get it into your mind. Um, but if you take a trip abroad, you know, mm -hmm. in two weeks, you've learned every possible phrase that you could need to, to to navigate that place and you're and you're communicating with people in a rapid fire way um but that points to environment mattering the environment yes, that you're right. allowing yourself to sort mm -hmm. of sit in for the majority of your time matters are you are you having a a um, immersive experience with kinetic belief are you making sure that you are immersing yourself with other like-minded individuals or at the very least not having the negative influencers. Well, that's the present tense, isn't it? Yes. That's the, the viability of being present tense minded because I am now speaking the words of my expanding language and I'm doing it in the present tense. I'm doing it because I am in South America. I am in France. I am wherever I am. I'm experiencing the, the life practical expression of this newfound faith, of this new belief. And I have to say, that's the attitude that I approached kinetic belief with in the very beginning. I remember thinking, okay, this is great. This is good. But let's let's kind of get over this first hump. You know, I'm just going to go all in. And if I trip and stumble and fall a few times, so be it. But it's going to, I want it to be quick. You know, let's mm -hmm. just get this thing going. Because when you get a hold of not only the way that you can live your life, but you start to realize the type of life that you're going to get to experience finally. You just don't want to waste a moment. Well, you don't want to waste a moment by speaking the, the, the old language either because you right. are in learning the new language, you're having to cast down the imaginations of the old because you can't say, for example, I am healed, protecting my healing, but by gosh, these symptoms are really hurting my back and I just don't feel good. And look, I've got a, a, a fever. Well, you've just, you know, you've got the old language and the new language that are in, in direct conflict with each other. So what, what's happening? I'm now speaking words of my expanding language in the present tense. And I'm now journaling the solutions of this immutable imagination in gratitude that the problem of navigation is solved by my enthusiastic willingness. And now I'm going to put action to the words that I'm speaking. Somebody says, uh, I'm willing to act. I just don't know what to do, Steve. <laughs> Maggie, I just don't know what to do. I, I hear you guys. Look, it's not the type of action that is as important as your willingness to just do anything mm. while meditating on your kinetic belief for change. Wow. There's a story from the Bible. 
which said that Jesus saw a man who had been blind from birth. And he said to those around him that he said, we must carry out the works of the creator. And he spit on the ground and made mud from the saliva. And he applied the mud to the blind man's eyes. And he said to him, now go wash the mud off. And the blind man took action and he came back seeing. Hmm. Well, you'll know what to do when you are willing to act. And the actual action is not as important as the knowledge that comes or that is present when you are acting. Wow. It could be spitting and creating mud. It could be making a phone call. It could be going down to the bus stop and waiting to meet the next person. It could just be, you know what? I'm going to schedule a meeting every day this week with somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. We've done this. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go to a meeting and we're going to just have a meeting with somebody and talk about this new idea, this new perception, the new journey that we're on. And by the end of the week, it is amazing the things that have transformed in your life by the willingness to act. That makes me want to replace the word action with demonstration of willingness. Okay, so I've, like I've, I've said this, sure. I've, I've said my belief. Now, what's my demonstration of willingness? Willingness. You've got to be willing. Well, what is the proof of the willingness? Yeah. An action must follow. Yeah, and, and how exciting that it can you know, sort of mm. be anything that you choose. Another passage from the Bible. Faith without works is dead. Dead. Belief without an action, the belief will not manifest without mm. some kind of action. And Jesus demonstrated that. You can kind of see the... The giant hot air balloon laying on the ground out in a field. And that's our belief. But then you have to have the, mm. the hot yeah. air of yeah. action to fill it up and to soar and to go on this journey. I mean, the two apart are, are useless, but together it's everything. It's not what you do. It's your willingness to do something yeah. while expecting results, yeah. while expecting an encounter, expecting to meet someone with another answer to the riddles of your curiosities the needs of your infirmities being met the favor of the universe in action through our actions is what all of us are trading in exchange for our best lives i love something i love about that story too that you just told us is how fast it happened here's some mud it's on your eyes okay go okay go do it he gets to, what, to the pool of Siloam, and he comes back, and he's, he's seeing. Well, yeah, it's so quick. And and it, how quick was it? Somebody said, well, what happened? Well, he, he got spit into this, <laughs> put this spit and made the mud on my eyes, washed it off. I can see. And he'd been blind from birth. And you say, now go and, and live and, yeah. and go. And, and, you know, and I, it makes you wonder, too, what role and what role and what level of importance does telling people being the willingness to tell others play in all of this because I have to say I am somewhat guilty I could say that of I can be a little quiet more quiet than I should be sometimes when talking to other people about kinetic belief or my life or you know I've always been somebody who I feel like oh I don't want to give unsolicited advice you know and so I think sometimes I can actually go in the opposite direction and not say enough you know because i would imagine this blind man wouldn't shut up about it and that's a good thing you know mm. we we need to be spreading this in, in a way that is demonstrating light and love and not allow that self-awareness to to make us too quiet there's there's um a universal principle here and i think of early europeans when they came to the united states 
and they would trade with the Native Americans, the Indians, something. They would give them something for something in return. Yeah. You have to trade something. Mm-hmm. And it's a universal principle. And it's demonstrated through the interactions of, of people. We're trading something. And it's true with the universe. We are trading something for something. And we, we, trade, we trade an action for favor of the universe, which is a universal action that comes to us. We are all trading something, an action for mm. something to be given to us from the universe, which is exchanged for a new part of our best life manifestation. Wow. So it's not until we act, which is an exertion of energy, an exertion of thought, an exertion of an expectation in the practical realm. There is a, a, a gift or a sacrificial action that will always attract an action from out of the universe. Wow. But it's not until we give of that that we can receive of that. So I'm by faith going to use my energy, my, my effort, this time today, and I'm going to give of this part of me and the universe responds immediately. Well, you can't outgive the universe. You can't outgive God. So when we make an action, a faithful action based on this wow. principle, you can know that it's going to be returned in in specifically toward the goal yeah. that you were acting toward. Well, how much and I love that because how much more motivating is that to spread light and love in this in this manner um, than it's your responsibility, you know, to do it. It's like, well, I get that, but at the same time, um, the way you just described it is so much more motivating. And it's intrinsically really key. It's a way to keep ourselves open to receiving. Um, we were watching it was on television, as I'm sure everybody else did watch The Grinch for a minute the other day. And this reminds me of when, you know, Jim Carrey's The Grinch is listing off his to do list for the day. And he mm-hmm. says, you know, three o'clock, uh, solve world peace. Tell no one. <laughs> yes. but but, you know as kinetic believers it's hilarious but as kinetic believers you know you've sort of unlocked the secret to life to a life free of depression anxiety fear a life that as we were meant to live it and it's like well and now tell no one (laughs) (laughs) no no we need to learn to and it and it doesn't always have to be in the sensation of prophesizing, you know, it's living out a life. The, the most powerful thing I think any of us can do is demonstrate. Demonstrate in conversation, in action, deed, phone calls. I mean, the, the way that we're living, the way that we're achieving life in this way that we've been talking about today, especially, is, is going to say, speak so much louder than any, um, you know, moment of pressure where you feel like you're just supposed to tell someone something. But, you know, and supposed to being, we talk about this often, you know, why do we do this? You know, why are we doing these podcasts? What's, there's, there's not real, a, a tangible return, not really, but it's part of our makeup. You know, gosh, you know, I'm speaking for myself. I love people. I care about people. Yeah. I care just more than I, more than I probably should, but I can't help it. I care so much to help people to not suffer the loss of their, 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 their true selves, the loss of what could be. And it's not only a loss to them, but it's a loss to humanity. When we become the masterpiece of who we were intended to be, everyone is benefits from it. Mm. The world can in, enjoy that gallery where there you are, representing something that's far more than yourself. But we each individually benefit 
just so much from from the positive living that all of us are called to do and to be mm-hmm. and it it hurts on a deep level when you know somebody's suffering when you know somebody's missing out on well just the the easiest way to say it is their best life which is just a, the magnification of what was meant to be and and it seems from where we are so simple but it's not because of all of the challenges that come from the border bullies and from listening to the mantra the negative the negative ideas and expectations of the world around them and so we see people suffering as a, from the lack of being who they can be and we talk about this we see these the, the diamond in the rough with everybody we meet and we see the uniqueness and the qualities that are there they're beneath the surface more often than not but it it just breaks the heart to to not be able to impart somebody what we intrinsically already through revelation knowledge know a few years ago um, our relief organization was distributing over 50 tons of life provision every month to impoverished families that were living in all these different remote areas and often somebody would come up to me and they would say something like hey steve i think you should start helping these people over here that i i found this this little town or this little village of people out on this reservation and they could use what you're giving they could use your influence or they would say like i think you should start a summer camp for all these boys and girls over there and here's the deal with that when you see a problem and when you see a way to fix it and that is not my assignment that's showing up that 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 does not mean that's your assignment to tell me how to solve it or to tell anybody else what they should be doing the universe is tapping you on the shoulder with the wisdom of a solution mm-hmm. and it is now your assignment Listen, it's your assignment which has favor built into it that is just for you if you will open yourself up to the willingness to go and do something about the problem that's been laid on your heart. Mm-hmm. Because when you see a problem, it, it doesn't matter how small it may appear. That is an invitation to solve a problem, which is just a nudge from the universe for you to grow a little bit to experience more of what you were originally intended to experience. It is a nudge to your purpose to go and flourish. Because when it's no longer just about you, really that's when the journey becomes about you. You know, it's it's the counsel of wisdom giving us an unction that the wisdom for the problem not only exists, but it exists within each one of us. And it just needs our permission to come through us in order to manifest a difference into this world. My awareness, Megan, your awareness, that is part of universal consciousness. All things that exist, exist through our attention to any one thing. And every single person living right now, or that has ever lived, was created and supplanted in the into the cosmos from the bias of one moment of creation as expanding problem solvers activating the substance of individual attention through the universal law of kinetic belief and even if there's life somewhere else out there in some distant galaxy all of those life forms are also there as problem solvers expansion requires the implementation of awareness it requires the 
transcendence of enlightenment coming from the all-knowing one. And the, the problem that, that you are individually designed to solve, it may be teaching. It may be to come into this world to reveal how E equals MC squared. Or it could be to, to go and mow somebody else's grass. It doesn't matter what it is. But the problem that we are designed to solve while we're on this earth is the genius of our assignment. Now, you may be thinking, well, I, I just don't know where to begin. If that's true for you, then you're at a, a good place because love is the path to the wisdom of beginning. It always is. You just start with love. In other words, if you love, if you love children, you'll have the wisdom for interacting with children. Michael Jordan didn't run down the courts thinking, I hate this game. And then go score some more points. <laughs> you, you didn't see Muhammad Ali saying, I hate boxing. I have to do this, but I hate it. No, they loved it. Tiger Woods at two and a half years old was on the golf course with his father. He loved the game. If I can find out what you love, what you love to do, what subject inspires you, what you like to read about or talk about, I can find tangents of your genius for an assignment. What do you love to think about? What do, you, what do you like to talk about? What do you love to hear about? If you could have only three books on an island, what would those three books be? Because your wisdom will be proportionate to your love. If you love animals, you'll have a wisdom for the care of animals. If you love people, you'll have a wisdom for people. I was three years old when I discovered I had a love for music, a love for how a piano was played, how it sounded. Everything about the piano, I loved it. So the wisdom for creating audible imagery through music came to me and through me. That's how we follow the heartbeat of those things that we love. And while we're looking at the tugs that come from emotional unctions, let's talk about anger for just a moment. I mean, it's an opposite but equally strong emotion because most people understand anger as being a negative emotion. In the same way that there are two definitions for love, there are two definitions for anger. If I love you because of what you do for me, that's not an unconditional creative love. That's selfish love. It's not unconditional. And in the same way, if, if, if I'm angry with you because of what you did or didn't do to me or for me, angry because you somehow hurt me, that's an anger of vengeance. I just want to hurt you back. But there's an anger which means I don't take pleasure in the way a thing is. So I'm angry about it. I'm motivated in a, in a positive way by this negative thing. Displeasure with the way something is, a displeasured anger, that is a, it's a very important emotion for kinetic believers. In other words, if I don't take pleasure in poverty, it could be then said that I hate poverty, which means that I have a strong aversion to people that are suffering from lack. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go and now feed the poor. And I'm going to teach the impoverished in a way that transcends the poverty that I despise. A person who hates sickness becomes a doctor. A woman who's angry over the drunk driver that killed her child created mad mothers against drunk driving. Anger is a clue to something that you are endued with a genius to change while you are here in the land of the living. And this is a clue to a purposeful life, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, don't wow. waste your bitterness. Your anger is passion requiring an appropriate focus. Wow. 
my anger, my aversion to something I don't like, that, that's important to me because I can't conquer anything I don't hate. You will not attract the wisdom to change anything that you don't take displeasure in. And this is fundamental to being present moment minded. It's, it's very critical that a kinetic believer identifies what brings anger inside of them and then use that anger to create a fuse, to, to light the fuse and to attract the focus that's needed for manifesting the wisdom for change. There has, think about it, never been a significant change without anger. Anger is the birthplace for creativity. Anger makes a person to become discerning. You, you got to hate the present to create the better future. Yeah. A person that does not have a strong aversion, and that's what I mean by hate. Hate is a strong word, but it actually means a strong aversion to something. And a person that does not have a strong aversion to what should be changed becomes part of the problem rather than the solution. You become an enabler rather than part of the solution. It simply requires that we really examine what it is that upsets us, that we have a strong aversion against, and then take the time to examine what it is that you don't like, that you want to change. A person that does not possess health, for example, wealth, happiness, or joy, is poor or sick or unhappy and sad. The possession of health, wealth, happiness, and joy is found in the I am that I am of myself. And it is from within that all good things are, in the same way that the, the wisdom for all things already exists. Wisdom is not man-made, and, and neither is health, wealth, happiness, or joy. Those are not man-made things. These attributes, look, yes, they already exist. We don't have to create them. They become us. They're part of the revelation knowledge of each one of us. When we unbecome that which is not you, when we stop appropriating the responsibility of those things on other people, we had, had somebody the other day that basically in a roundabout way was saying, I'm not making them happy. <laughs> well, in a, that, <laughs> that is not my responsibility. In other words, the fulfilling life just is. And the individual responsibility for each one of us is to unbecome all the things that would seek to steal or rob or destroy the fulfilling life from just being. Well, and, and realizing all of these things that you're walking us through right now is the beginning, the middle, and the end of kinetic belief. It's these realizations. And like you began by saying, it's this revelation knowledge that's going to continually carry us through because it's in, it's in direct contradiction to the life we've been living and most of the stories we've been told and all of the lessons we've been taught. Yeah. Yes. And you know something, Meg? It's the person who collects questions that never has to look for answers while they're on the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the person who manifests the wisdom that's required for anything that they are willing to imagine to question. Well, and if you've ever known someone or maybe even been this person yourself, if you've been that person or known someone that hates being wrong, they cannot stand the idea that somebody is going to look at them and think they don't know something mm -hmm. If you watch them over time their resistance and their unwillingness to ask a question, it, it chips away at them and they diminish over the years. It doesn't stay the same. So you're, you know, you're actually sort of sucking, sucking the life essence out of your own life when we are unwilling to 
to admit that we don't know something and willing to ask the question. Well, that un- un- being ungrateful is to be prideful. And you're basically communicating to not only yourself and those around you, but to the universe that I already know it all. I've already been there. I've already experienced all that life is. I've experienced all that eternal life is or would ever have to give or to offer. And so I don't have any questions that need to be answered. I have all the answers that there could ever be a question for. But look, answers are the employees of questions, not problems. And without questions, answers, they just won't show up for work. They'll never show up. And you'll be left in the dark and left without. Wow. And the most, the most powerful thing on the earth is a question regarding an intrinsic bias. Question is the door to any world that I want to enter. And it's not until I ask the question that the answer will come. Questions introduce me to the solutions that already exist. That's, that's how I should say it. So I never look for answers. I look for what is the right question. And the question will introduce me to the answer. Wow. You know, the only reason for mastering kinetic belief is we do this first podcast of 2020, is it 23, 2023, <laughs> yes. the, the only reason for mastering uh, uh, KB is to make sure the body does not prevent the soul from expressing itself. Mm. Let's work on some highest thought forms. Okay. Just say this aloud. Say, I choose to master. I choose to master. The, the will of my mind. The will of my mind. To manifest my desires. To manifest my desires. I will unwaveringly move <laughs> toward. I will unwaveringly move toward. <laughs> every decision I make. Every decision I make. Every day. Every day. I will keep moving forward. I will keep moving forward. I will take action. I will take action. Every day. Every day. Toward my desires. Toward my desires. Nothing is going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. From manifesting what I want. From manifesting what I want. Every single day. <laughs> every single day. I am attracting everything. I'm attracting everything. I desire in life. I desire in life. I will to do. I will to do. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. To attract my highest potential. To attract my highest potential. You know what? Hey, you know what? There is nothing. There's nothing. And there's no one. And there's no one. That can stop me. That can stop me. From asking the questions. From asking the questions. That produce answers. That produce answers. That go beyond my current self. That, be go, that go beyond my current self. I have this unshakable. I have this unshakable. Dedicated. Dedicated. Mindset. Mindset. To persevere. To persevere. In the pursuit. In the pursuit. Of the masterpiece. Of the masterpiece. That is the I am. That is the I am. Of me. Of me. What a fantastic podcast to kick off 2023, Steve. Did we get there today? I'm, I don't know if we did. I don't did. think we ever get there, but I, isn't that the point? I, I like to kind of wrap it up, but I'm not sure. We, I think well, it's if we ever get there, we, we don't need we, to podcast anymore. So. Well, we'll keep podcasting. <laughs> um, KVs, we missed you a lot. Just wanted to say that because yeah. we talked about it many, many times. And thanks to all the KBs who came out to see us at, at these Christmas concerts and the concerts right before that. That was so enriching. That was the best part of the, the whole tour that we did. Is it meeting, was. Meeting KBs along the road. Make sure you go to stephenkenyon.com and sign up to receive notifications so that when we do get all the KBs together in this coming year, you are the first one to be notified. Yeah great idea yeah sending out so much light and love to all you kbs all around the world and thanks as usual steve for all the wisdom bye